Welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com. My boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, his um, aunt was a realtor okay. and uh, at a really prestigious company and was like, hey, you're really a go-getter. You know, I think you should really consider getting into real estate. And I was like, nah, I'm going to check out KeyBank and work in the bank world and see if I like that. And I'm a third generation banker, but I made it a year. And that was yeah. it. And it was like, it's you a hard... You started as a teller? Or? No, actually, I got I was a client relationship manager. So basically, I was doing all this paperwork stuff and stuff, reconciliation. Not my oh, forte. What year was it? Uh, circa 2005 or four, or something okay. like that. Because then I got my license in 2006. A year later, I'm like, "Yep, you're right. I'm getting my license." <laughs> and that's what I did. I think I was oh. 23 or 24. So basically, your entire career. Yeah. Pretty much, young pup getting right in. And so, did you start under her wing, or? Yeah, I helped her for a little bit, and then um, kind of propelled myself going. Welcome to the Realize Gains podcast. We're on episode 35. My name is Jordan Lee. I'm your co-host and I'm a lender licensed in about nine states and I'm based here in Portland, Oregon and I invest in single family homes. Yep. And my name is Stephen Tran. I'm licensed in Oregon and soon to be Washington. I'm a multifamily investor and a short-term rental investor. Yeah. So who did we interview today? So we interviewed our good friend, Lindsay Culver of Premier Property Group on was it Culver Home Teams. Yeah, and she actually has an – I mean, she's been a realtor basically her whole life. Yeah, no, she tells us a great story of how she got started super early. She had a – I think it was her uh, boyfriend, now husband's aunt, who was her mentor and mm-hmm. kind of got her into the business early. And she kind of just gives us good insight on you know what it takes to be a good agent. Yeah, and talks a lot about trading up and figuring and, – and building equity through housing. So, yeah, if you're interested in being a good agent and just like learning how to build equity over time – I think this would be a great one for you to watch. Hey guys, welcome to the Realize Gains podcast. I'm Stephen Tran. And I'm your co-host Jordan Lee, and we're very excited to have a special guest here today with us, Lindsay Culver. Hi everybody. Yeah, Lindsay, just real quick, do you want to give us kind of your story, where you grew up, how you got into real estate, um, that kind of information? Oh my goodness. Okay, this could be time consuming. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> you have just plenty kidding. of time. Go ahead. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I pretty much grew up in Beaverton. I went to Westview High School. Um, mm, fancy. Little, little, played all the sports, volleyball, basketball, softball. Mm. So um, pretty competitive and uh, worked at Starbucks throughout high school and college. Oh, and nice. then um, <clears throat> my, at the time, my boyfriend. Pardon? Were you a saver? Did you save the money while you were working or you spent I, it all on prom? Save my money. Oh, okay. Nice. I'm Good a saver. You. Yeah, I, I actually my dad was hardcore about four oh one K and stock. So I had all that. Oh really? Yeah. You started your four oh one K in high school? Uh, at Starbucks? No, yeah, not till you're eighteen. Okay. No, no, no. That was college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good point though. Wait, yeah. College was at PSU? Where what now? Where was college at? 
Well, I went to Portland State for three years, and then um, U of O uh, finished up for my last uh, year and a half, but I finished in four years. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Party school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and so, P what did you study? What was your major? Uh, psychology, which is fantastic for Perfect my Perfect for real estate? Yep, absolutely. And But did you get right into real estate, or did you? No, actually. So, I when I was working through college um, at Starbucks, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, his um, aunt was a realtor okay. and uh, at a really prestigious company and was like, hey, you're really a go-getter. You know, I think you should really consider getting into real estate. And I was like, nah, I'm going to check out KeyBank and work in the bank world and see if I like that. And I'm a third generation banker, but I made it a year. And that was yeah. it. And it was like, it's you a hard... You started as a teller? Or? No, actually, I, got, I was a client relationship manager. So basically, I was doing all this paperwork stuff and stuff, reconciliation, not my oh, forte. What year was it? Uh, circa 2005 or four, something okay. like that. Because then I got my license in 2006. A year later, I'm like, yep, you're right. I'm getting my license. <laughs> and that's what I did. I think I was oh. 23 or 24. So basically your entire career. Yeah. Pretty much. Young pup, getting right in. And so did you start under her wing or? Yeah, I helped her for a little bit and then um, kind of propelled myself going as a solo agent. Yeah, mm. at the other which, company. Which group was she with? Uh, Re uh, Remax Equity Group. Okay, so you started with Remax and then mm -hmm. when you went solo, where were you at? Uh, still at uh, Remax. Okay. And then um, a group of us or a couple of us decided to go to Keller Williams and kind of, that was kind of right around 2009 mm -hmm. when... They were really hitting it hard here in the Portland market and um, just decided to go there. And it was great. The education was fantastic. Had a great relationship with a lot of people there. Met good good people. Yeah, it was awesome. And so f from a real estate perspective, it seems like you had some family influence in that area. How did you, like, had you previously thought of a realtor as a career or was that... Uh, like when you you know when you're in high school or whatever because I, I never thought about that as a career field at all well with my psychology background I, I find it very ironic I think a lot of times as kids we actually have inklings for our profession as a very young age but we don't really realize it or identify it mm. and as a child I was constantly riding my bike and looking at homes and like going oh, so in the you neighborhood. were interested in like the way homes look absolutely and architecture the architecture I'm like ooh curb appeal but I didn't know that word then <laughs> um, and I just was like enamored with houses mm. and it was like really a big deal for me um, so I look at it like oh my gosh it was like already kind of building up and and getting ready to and eventually become a realtor so like you go to the doctor's office as a kid you would choose the the real estate magazine over there <laughs> you know i don't even remember do, reading any of the magazines i think i was more into like the fish you know when they had the um, <laughs> the fish aquarium thing and i was like always touching the you know you're not supposed to do that and hitting the glass that was me we know you're the rebel type i am yeah. i am that's why we have white claws in the middle of the day we do have white claws <laughs> so Delicious. but you started at 24 how were you able to convert clients at the, at that age like was your because your friends and family i mean were they were your friends buying home at that age or? no they were not absolutely <laughs> not uh that's a great question oh, yeah, what year was this this was uh 2006 when i got my license and it came really rough pretty soon afterwards yeah right? right after that but yeah I mean I just really leveraged the whole um like my sports background <laughs> like you mm. guys have seen me on the court I'm a go-getter I'm a hard worker even if I don't know the answer I'm gonna get you the answer and I think that was really really big for people like yeah I mean she's trustworthy and we know her and so that kind of helped a lot okay 
Okay, so you used your network from teams and mm-hmm. from te- high school team mm-hmm. team parents that type of thing. Pretty or? well, mostly friends from high school that I kind of reached out. Now we didn't have, did we? We didn't have Instagram. Like right. we didn't have a lot yeah. of those social networking <clears throat> things like everybody has now. Yeah. I feel like I had a little bit of the, what's the one? MySpace? Yes. I feel like MySpace <laughs> oh, was totally like where I would like, hey, what's happening? You could change your music. Do you guys remember? I know I you all that. remember yeah. that. Oh, so you you were getting back in touch with people <laughs> on like MySpace, first... like your high school friends yes. Okay, through MySpace. So this cool. is like the first real estate marketing on social media is like MySpace. Totally. I really feel like I... I uh, yes, You absolutely. edit the HTML and do all yes, the things. I was like a wannabe tech person. Well, hold on, what was your homepage song when people came to you? <laughs> I think it was Justin Timberlake. I'm not joking. Yes. It was a Justin Timberlake song. Because I was just thinking in my head, is he going to ask me what my song was? Do you remember that? And then sometimes it would take forever to load, and you're like, what's wrong with this page? Yeah, yeah. yeah somebody picked up the phone. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. The dial-up. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Um, so, and, and were you able to like survive as, at that age as a, a realtor, like and pay rent or how did that work? Were you closing deals? Great question. So my husband and I actually, so his aunt helped us buy our first house that was in 2004. Mm. Um, and she we, knew the value. She, well, yeah, she was in the business and yeah. we literally were kind of already, we were renting, we were sort of on a whim and she's like, this is a great time to buy. Like, and I just cashed in some of my stock at Starbucks. Thank mm-hmm. you for being responsible. <laughs> and that was part of our down payment. So, oh, so working at Starbucks, you were buying into their... I was buying into their stock into their in their stock. 401k, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. So that helped leverage um, for me to be able to to buy a house. Let's talk about that. So you, you started buying stock. You were working at Starbucks for what, four or five uh, years? I think it was about six and a half years when it was all said from 17 to whatever the math is, six and a half, yeah. Uh, okay, and so you were like regularly buying stock with the extra like 50 or 100 bucks Whatever I could. Paycheck. Yeah, whatever I could on the paycheck, I would. You just max what you... I could, yeah, and, and same with 401k. And, and did your parents like tell you to do my that? My dad did. Okay, your dad yeah, was my like, dad... You, you gotta do that because it's free money, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was like, I remember kind of grappling with that because you're struggling, you know, college kid or whatever. Oh, and yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Every and dollar just, counts at every that dollar age. Does I know. Yeah, count. It's like, I'm putting this into a, a retirement account that I can't touch to. I mean, it's so hard <laughs> you know? to teach, um, you know, wealth at such a young age. I think, especially in the schools, they're not teaching that. So oh, no. I was really, I was lucky. I was a lucky mm-hmm. one that my dad was able to teach me that. Yeah, no, I was the same way. I worked at Fred Meyers uh, all throughout college, and I got a Roth IRA when I was 18 or 19. And I I was putting like 80 bucks a month away, and I was just like, what am I doing? But I was seeing it grow, and I was like, okay. And now it's like, I haven't put money into it for like four years, and I think it's like 70 or 80 grand. Whoa. Yeah. So it should does probably, grow quick. Probably you know? keep putting money into that. Yeah. Well, or maybe he could like roll it over <laughs> or, you and buy know, a house. Or buy real estate. Yeah, like let's I've buy some doing. real estate with yeah. that. Come on. I yeah. So I know I a good realtor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you, you, yeah, most people don't think about working at Starbucks it, and like don't equate that with saving money for a down payment. They equate that with like, you know, paying the rent. So just rough estimate in those five, six years, you were able to save enough for a down payment, mm-hmm. what did that, how much was that? What did that look like? $8,000. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. And that yeah. was enough to put, what was it, like 5% down in the house or? I think we did FHA 3.5%. 3.5, three, three okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Yeah. 
It was incredible. And then your mortgage payment at the time? Oh my gosh, if we could turn back time. So I know when we refinanced, it was 1400 I think it was 1900 Okay. It was a 2400 square foot house. If anybody <laughs> knows where this is, it's right off of Bel Air um, in Beaverton. So oh, yeah. in between Allen and Denny, that whole area right mm -hmm. there. Bel Air. Uh, our street was Cardinal Terrace. So. Okay. And yeah. you paid a... What was the price? 230. 230. 2,400 square feet. If I could turn back time and keep that baby, I would have. And then, yeah, because 230, that was right before the crash. And then, so that you, was the peak you, at you, that did time. Did you were able to keep it? I sold it for 330, and I thought I was. I thought those Oh, you people, sold it before the crash. Oh, yeah. I okay. bought another house. I thought those people were suckers. I'm like, haha. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, I'm making money. 330, which is still a lot of money. Like, well, but, you were what, 27 at the time when that happened? Let's see. I sold that. We bought in 2006. So, yeah, two, three years later. Did you? Yeah. Oh, so three years later. So, you got to keep all the cap, all the gains from that without paying tax? That's right. Because yeah. we lived in it for over two years. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a nice I So, mean, that's a nice. That's a large chunk of money yeah. for a 27 year old. Right, so if anybody out there is a realtor listening, that's why we invest in RPAC, because we are protecting capital gains and all the, you know, home ownership and protecting mm -hmm. that, so it's important. Okay, and then so you sold that, and did you immediately go buy another one, or did you? what did you guys yes. do? Yes, yep, so we, we bought in Tigard, uh, Bull Mountain area, and Noah wanted bigger, so we bought like a 34, 3300 square foot house, yeah. It's just the two of you guys? Uh, at this time, yes, but we were we, we were looking to plan. We were yeah. looking to yeah. to grow, have a family. Yep. No, yeah. I love the Bull Mountain area, and I mean, yeah. I'm sure that was a great. Do you guys? You guys don't. We, we still live in Bull Mountain, yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah, love and, Bull Mountain. And when you bought though, was it during the high price? Bowl? Yes. So, so you sold high, but you also had to buy high. Correct. Correct. But kinda, it was a trade. Kind of I mean, things, we were right? like, yeah, but you know, we're getting uh, what another 1,100 square foot mm -hmm. or 200 or yeah. 1,200. So. It was worth it for can, us. Can totally. I ask? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't obviously in real estate during yeah. the time I was still in college. Yeah. Um, did you have any inkling of what was going to happen in the market? I had no clue. And actually, to be really candid, um, did anyone in your office was anyone saying anything? Not about at all. Yeah. It was it was just whispers of like nothing. Like I mean, it was just a normal day. Mm -hmm. Like it was just so weird. But I didn't realize though because I wasn't very. I was still young in the business. Yep. I didn't read like back then. We had a HUD. Yep. I didn't realize how much I was paying. Like there was a lot of fees and stuff that, you know, sure. which attributed to why the market crashed. Yeah. I was one of those people that paid, but I didn't even realize how much I was paying in fees. Oh, like you paid some extra points or something like that. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. So, but hey, at the end of the day, it is what it is and, you know, it's all good. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I <laughs> I don't know if I cuz I kind of pay attention to a lot of my clients like, you know, funding and all this stuff and I'm mm -hmm. trying to double check cuz I try to be you know, since I, I tend to think that I think financially, you know, intelligently <laughs> for my clients. And I, I was, if I were to look back at, you know, some of those loans back then that are mm -hmm. subprime and like, hey, here's free money and you don't have to verify anything, I think right. I'd be pretty scared. So, yeah. Well, and I, I think it's it, not though when everyone's doing it. Right. It, like, it's, it's just normal. And it weighed in our favor to be really candid because Noah didn't have the best of credit. I had the great credit. I didn't <clears> make a lot of money. But you got an FHA he, loan. Right, but I, well, I think I did. See, that's the other thing. I, th I think I did. I don't even know, to be honest. Because, anyway, yeah. But, but realistically, that's, 
right? right. I'm a consumer, and sometimes consumers don't consumer, even realize it. It doesn't matter, right? It's like you. What's your bottom line? What's your down payment? Right. What's your monthly payment? That's and we made it, and we made it work, right? So his bad credit, my good credit, my money that I saved. He didn't save anything. You know, it all worked <laughs> out. Not hating. <laughs> um, and so then, what is your like real estate path been since then? Are you guys still? Have you been? house hopping more are you still in the same place yeah so then we house hopped a couple times and now we've been at the same house for six years which is nice mm -hmm. um of course my kids want to move to lake oswego because my son goes to lake ridge but oh, okay um if anybody knows what the average sale price is in lake oswego it's it's pretty unattainable right now so um we're sticking in bull mountain and it's great it's a corner lot we're happy mm -hmm. so and did you hold on to any of the the homes we didn't <clears throat> no. okay. yeah did you have to sell that first bull mountain house at a loss we, we we did yeah so okay. so that's that's the problem so this what year was that that you sold um that one was 2000 wait hold on Ended up being 2014. 2014. So and we, it was still that it was still down from when you bought in 2014. Oh yeah. So well. So then you know, as the market, you know, our business, my business struggled. Yep. And Noah was a contractor, and his business kind of struggled. Oh, so like a lot of people, yeah, double we, exposed, we ended yeah. up losing that house, which mm. was hard. Mm. Um, you know, we put a lot of time and effort, and <clears> and you know, I I think it's humbling to have these conversations because I'm not the only person. I know many oh, yeah. other realtors that of, lost their house, you know? And so it's like, okay, we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we do it again and we start over and and we learn from our mistakes and that's how it is, and you know? What was the process that you guys had to go through for that? Um, it's just a normal short sale you, process. You just, you did a short sale? Yeah, okay. we just did a short sale. And, it, you know, luckily I was already on a team where I was kind of um, understanding the process. And I, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever you want to look at it, I am a short sale negotiating expert. Um, mm -hmm. I understand the process. Yep. We did tons of short sales during that time, so... Yeah, I want to say the best experience is experiencing yourself. You know, that's, Absolutely. <laughs> this is why I help invest yeah. with clients because yeah. I invest. Well, Same and thing, I think, you know? too, like you find it, you know, I'm an emotional person anyway, so I understand when those people are going through it, just like sometimes our first-time homebuyers, right? It's mm -hmm. a, it's a, could be a catastrophic experience or they're just like a fish out of water. They don't know. So having somebody who's understanding and knowledgeable walking them through that is really important. Mm. Yeah. And so then how did you guys, what did you guys do afterwards to like change? Did he, is Noah still? So then at that time, um, no, he, he stopped doing the contracting. And then um, in 2000, let's see, he got licensed in 2015 and became a realtor mm. with me. Okay. So that next year, like, just was like, let's do this together and we'll work together. Okay. That's kind of so what So you guys we did. just doubled down. Pretty much. Yeah. We're like, let's just do this. I he, mean, there was no transition period. He just kind of just went straight for it. Um, he took his license and got it in three weeks. Um, anybody out there like literally that's pushing buttons. And I mean, he's a smart guy. So you guys all know it's an 80, 20 rule. 80% right. of this business is you know, on the boots, you know, on the, on the pound, pounding the pavement and doing things in person versus in a book. Yeah, so, no, 100%. Yeah. I don't think I remember anything from the test, and I took it last week. So. <laughs> That's right. Congratulations, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're a big deal now in, in Vancouver, huh? Well, Up I don't even have my license yet. But. Well, you passed the test. I did pass the test. So that means in 
Think are you have your license or no? I have to get my fingerprints and do all this stuff. Oh, well, that could be a problem yeah. then. We might have a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> How bad do you think my uh, background I'm kidding, is? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. So, so and how do you how do you like how are you guys managing working together as a team and 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 raising kids? How does that all play together? Because I know I know for some people working with a spouse can be a challenge, but yeah. for some people they really like it. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard because like Noah and I see the world from a different lens. Um, and so we've I've had to learn how to kind of massage some of my conversations. Um, he's also the negotiator, which he loves to negotiate. So he, that's kind of his strong suit. So you suit. guys are a complete team. We are a complete team. And we both have our strengths and kind of our weaknesses. And I think that's why we gel so well in that regard, right? He's the negotiator. I'm the people person. I'm kind of out making You bring in the business. So yeah. you guys basically share all individual transactions? Yeah, we're a team, so right. oh, everything's okay. So written. every client is a shared client. Correct, but then um, two, two and a half years ago, we brought on Portia, who's um, a buyer's agent slash listing specialist, and so she kind of helps you know, in certain areas, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, if it's her lead or our lead or whatever. And then we have a transaction coordinator. Okay. And with that transaction coordinator has helped immensely because now I don't have to go, no, I need this and this and this and this. And I think that's where the contention right. in sometimes partner relationships in real estate is because you're constantly asking you, you them for stuff. You need the garbage too while you're Right, at it? yeah, like, exactly. And they're just like, the kids it's always work even yeah. when you get home. And now yeah. I don't have to ask for paperwork, Deanna gets the paperwork. Right, right. And so that's really nice. And in the schedule, are you guys able to like kind of split the schedule a little bit for yeah. getting the kids to school, picking yeah. them up? Yeah, that's or? all Noah. Noah loves the kids piece. That's his like, you know, he's always done a really good job. Like three o'clock is when I pick up the kids mm. or now it's shifted because one's in high school and one's yeah. at St. Anthony. But it's like, that's his non-negotiable time. Every so often he'll break it. But yeah, that's something that's really important to him, so. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's really nice. So, I mean, it sounds like you guys have always kind of been in this self-employed mode with him being a contractor and mm -hmm. this realtor. Like, did you get, have you guys always felt secure in that? I mean, <laughs> it sounds like you have it and you've had some <gasps> troubles. Because usually I, I see a lot of couples where somebody has a W-2, mm. that, that income is stable, and then, yeah. you know, that other person can take the risk and build the business. But you guys are both going at it. Yeah. And, you know, in the contractor and realtor world yeah. and then both as realtors. So can you kind of get into that dynamic a little bit? And well, that's always fun if anybody knows the 1099 world. I think I just am so, um, like, I was <laughs> I was talking to my therapist about this. Like, if I made a million dollars, would I still be happy? <clears throat> right? Like, if I if I my gross was a million, and I wouldn't be. I'd always be just constantly worried um and that's just who i am i think that i've come to that realization that i i as my genetic disposition i am like a caretaker and i want to make sure everything's safe and sound right. and so that's always been something that i've struggled with i will always struggle with it i tried to fix that a little bit doing an s corp uh two years ago mm -hmm. Which was fantastic. Right. You pay yourself yep. like a salary every month. Um, there's some other perks about like paying your kids. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, you can also, you can usually your tax liabilities. Will yeah, there, there's some pros, you know, and that's been kind of helpful and some discipline, you know, because over time, I mean, let's be honest, like, yeah, I want this shiny object or I want this and you yeah. buy it and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I just spent 20 grand this month. Like, yeah, I, I mean, an S Corp <laughs> is a great way to 
force yourself to budget. I yeah, like. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I've had other agents, like in our office, Jeff Wyron, <laughs> he has an LLC. He just pays himself a salary and he just pulls it out of the actual checking account. You know, So there's different ways to manage your money, but I will say that is one area of opportunity that I think realtors really struggle with, and it really is just a financial literacy piece that we need to fix. I was going to say, because I used to be W-2, had all my taxes taken out without me thinking right. about it, and then I, you know, I went full-time realtor last May, yeah. and I had the biggest tax bill I've ever seen. I like, I tech, like kind of prepared for it, but I didn't. I think I'm financially literate. And mm -hmm. last year I got a nine thousand dollar return. This year I had to pay like, like a lot, a lot <laughs> like, like significantly yeah. a lot. Because I just you know every mm -hmm. check that comes in, you don't really think, oh, right. I gotta take some money out and save it. I mean, I did, but mm -hmm. it definitely still it hurts a lot more when it's visible to you. Absolutely. So I feel yeah, like and that's true with an S-Corp too. You're going to be paying more regularly, typically, right. monthly or quarterly. Yeah. Um, so it's it just, a, it's just something off the end of the year as well. Yeah. It's just something I think that we can, as realtors, could really keep taking more classes, really hammer that to our, so a lot of my agents, I'm a mentor here. Yeah at our company and I really try and strive, like you need to have a business account and you need to have a personal account. You know, you don't have to do the S Corp and, and you shouldn't right away anyways. You gotta make a certain amount of money, but they need to like be able to pay themselves and keep a business account and business <coughs> savings account for their taxes. And yes. I really try and help them understand that. And like kind of keep track of all their, you know, business expenses that 100%. they can write off. and. Yeah. That's another area of opportunity I'm really hardcore about because so many people leave money on the table, like mm -hmm. open houses, for example, you know, like that's a hundred percent write off. Talk to your tax accountant first, whatever. But like, <laughs> I'm just saying like, I'm not an accountant. Pretty clear business marketing expense, right? It is though. And it, it's, and it's because it's publicly facing, it's a hundred percent advertising. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's just ways that people leave money on the table and it's unfortunate. Um, and I, want people to not leave money on the table. Um, part of the, the curse and the advantage in being a, a realtor is that you have that opportunity um, to save on taxes, <clears throat> but, but you have to do the work. It does, it's not just like given to you. Right. What's that show? It's a write-off. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. What, what is a write-off? Oh, uh, it's a write-off. It's a write-off. Yeah, but it's still money. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, it, and... Office-wise, it sounds like you, you do some mentorship here. Um, and I know that you're very involved with uh, Women's Council as well and, and Oregon Association of Realtors, um, as well as <coughs> PMAR. Um, ARIA. ARIA. How do you – what kind of value do you see in organizations that sort of build leadership? How have you put that into your business um, for other, I guess, realtors and folks that are kind of interested in that nonprofit world. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, for one, especially when you're a new agent, you're just a fish out of water. You're just drinking from a fire hose. And I think when you have those relationships, whether it be ARIA or Young Professional Network or Women's Council, they're, they're, they're like family, right? Yeah. And they're, the, the point is, is that they're going to kind of take you under their wing um, and also build those leadership roles. Like, you know, um, just becoming part of the board or maybe you check in people at the front door, whatever it is, with those leadership roles, then enhance your own personal business and then you're more confident like when you're going on listing presentations or maybe doing videos um, on social media and you're normally you're really nervous, but now you've done like tons of, you know, face-to-face -face meetings with people and you're not nervous anymore, mm -hmm. so. 
Yeah. So it helps build confidence. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think you also mentioned this morning that you got a, um, a call from someone across the country that you met at a, a conference or something like that. Yeah. Well, I didn't meet them. They got um, they got my name and number, I think, from a Women's Council of Realtor or CRS um, member in Colorado. I think it's Kate Kelly. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, like a friend um, of like a friend. A, well, she's a realtor within Women's Council. And okay. so that's the power of also networking across the nation is mm -hmm. that you're, you're building these relationships and people see how you operate right like I look at it um, I really want to do a class on building your tribe yeah and so when you build your tribe across the country you can feel a hundred percent confident that you're like for example Kate Kelly hands down I'm sending people to Denver Colorado to Kate Kelly right like she's I know she's fantastic right. I know she's gonna take care of them you know there's certain people Liz Smith in st. Louis like I know 100%, I don't have to worry, I know that client's gonna get taken care of. Mm -hmm. So it's stuff like that when you build those relationships, then you know, it's fantastic. Would you say you have a, is, is referrals a big part of your business? You know, they're not a huge part. I would say they're a supplement, right? Like, um, I probably do maybe four deals a year with it, so it's it's pretty minor. Referrals from out of state, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, out of okay. state, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's still... Yeah, I, I think it's a decent... Four deals is... Totally. More than covers whatever you, right. expenses you well, put into it. I think I think sometimes people have come from the mindset of, like, if I do this, like, what do I get? And there's, yeah. we were just having this conversation with um, a new mentor or mentee in the office here. And it's not about that. It's about building these relationships and it will come to you. But if yeah. you're, if you're constantly got the drunk monkey or you're super greedy, like it's not going to happen, you know? Well, and you can't, you can't put a price on <clears throat> connecting with local professionals that are willing to spend time with you and help you develop because it's really hard to learn how to do real estate. I mean, at least for me, like it's like you're gonna learn it from a book. You're gonna learn it from a YouTube video. Yeah. No, you're gonna learn it from someone that knows what they're doing. Right. Um, and that's that's how you make friends is through those types of or one of the best ways to make friends is through those types of organizations. I I think. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'll also say that sometimes you know you gotta put yourself in position for luck. And you know when we're networking, we're always putting our, ourselves in positions for luck. Maybe we'll hear something that will change our lives. You know, and that's how I think about it. You know, like that's, that's why I go to these major events and go to classes and, you know, hear from the top producers across, you know, across the U.S. and mm -hmm. see, you know, what they're doing to expand their business. And it's definitely changed what I, how I operate my business here. Mm -hmm. So, I would agree. Yeah. Put yourself in the right place. There's a saying. I think it's something like, <clears> you know, be at the right place at the right time and. The, the luck will happen or something like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, like I said, put yourself in position, uh, constantly put yourself in positions for luck. Because yeah. people are saying, oh, you're so lucky. It's like, well, I'm always there. I'm always right. available. I'm always there to maybe hear the right thing or meet the right person. And especially in Portland, I go to a lot of networking events here mm -hmm. and I see you all the time. You know, we're, <laughs> it's, a, it's a small world. And you never know if that's like the one listing agent that you met at this event mm -hmm. that might, you know, that might grease right. the wheels for a deal. Right. It does happen. And actually, that's the other thing, too. I think there's a misconception. Like, why do you why are you networking with a group of realtors? And I, I kind of want to dismantle that right now because, like, it actually <clears throat> happened the other day where an agent had kind of a sticky situation with a seller. And he was like, hey, I think Lindsay would be a great fit because she's Women's Council of Realtors. And I think this she would jive better with this with the seller. And so, you know, we're in the same market. Yeah. And so it's like it can happen. And I think people have to realize, like, sometimes, you know, they're not a, a good fit, but this person is a good fit. So you can network with a bunch of realtors because you never know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And, and especially in Aria, like, 
you know, we get referrals all the time in our market. It's just like, oh, they don't speak our language. Can you take this on? Yeah. You know, you know, yep. Stephen. I mean, not me. I'm not good at Vietnamese, but you know, <laughs> you know, Alex or whatever. But you know, it's it's you know, we pass off you know deals to people that we know can handle it, and you know, we'll take a referral fee. But you know, we 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 work with the people we trust and like. Absolutely. So, I think and you never know who's gonna help you when you need help. Like you need some sort of very specific contractor referral, right? Like you got yeah. you gotta find someone in your network that right. has it, right? Well, and that actually another thing. The other day, I was maybe gonna get a listing in um, Northwest Portland, and I'm not hardcore on all of the different condos. I think there's like 35 of them, right? And I immediately thought of past president Women's Council Marissa Signs. She sells a ton in the Pearl. Yeah. And she immediately texted me back and was like, oh, yeah, this is going on, this is going She didn't have to do that. Right. But why did she do that? Because we're a family. We've got a relationship. Like, we are here to help each other build and grow. There's plenty of pie. We don't need to be selfish. We can yeah. all help each other grow. No, exactly. I totally agree. I mean, you know, our job is to be a fiduciary, and we're, we're not – we have to give our clients the best option. And, Absolutely. You know, if somebody else is a better option, then, hey, you know, we'll connect them with that. You yeah. know? I think that's really important in our business, which I don't tend to see a lot of. Well, I see a lot of it. You know, obviously, I think I have the right group, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who, who definitely – do not follow that creed of being a fiduciary. Right, and that's a selfish mindset, right? And yeah. so we hope that we can help people understand that does that's a very limiting belief and it's not gonna go far in life, yeah. right? And so surround yourself with like-minded people. Mm. That's why I'm here today with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I'll say it's, it's a hard business. I mean, like I said, I am lucky, like I gotta come from being a software engineer into coming into this career and, you know, like have properties that give me the financial stability to be a full fiduciary to my clients. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people who drop everything and this is their only source of income, like they have to make it. And you know, like when you have to make that deal to eat, like it's mm -hmm. really difficult. So I don't know. What do you tell those people, those those struggling agents? Like yeah. what what do they need to do to succeed in this career? Yeah, that's a great that's uh <clears throat> so basically when you have um I call it commission breath, right? And so I think when people are very and I understand that, trust me, because I had been there. Um, when you're struggling and you don't have any business, but when again it's that selfish mindset of you're not if you're not doing your fiduciary duty, helping your client to the best um, ability to purchase a home and, and help make a good decision, I think it will come back and bite you. Whether it be liability issues, um, it it ends up just always going south. And yeah. so my big thing is like, they need to make sure they're coming from contribution, that they're really focusing on the client's well-being and if it's the right decision. I mean, we, Portia and I just actually had a deal last month, the day before closing, like went south and we had been working with new construction for like four months. And we basically had to seek legal counsel and all this stuff and we were basically, we, we, we were told I cannot believe from the legal counsel that you guys didn't have your clients close this transaction. You don't know how many agents, realtors, would have just advised their clients to close so they can get paid. And mm -hmm. I'm like, at the end of the day, I want to sleep for one, and I yeah. don't want to have that reputation. Yeah. And so I want my clients to make sure, because I was worried and we were concerned that the repairs were not they were not probably going to get done. Let's just put yeah, it that way. Yeah. And there was an egregious amount of repairs that were not going to get For new construction? Done. For new construction. Um, it was terrible. Um, and so I think I can sleep at night. I know I did the right thing. Portia did the right thing. And that's that's what I try and teach all of the mentees and people that I know that come to our office. Like, 
that's what we do. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. If you get them into that house with all these issues, like who are they going to blame? They're going to blame you. 100%. Are they going to give you referrals? Are they give you more business? No, Probably not. they're going to land base me all over social media. It's not worth whatever the commission I was going to get plus my integrity. Yeah. I mean, there's just a multitude of things, and I live my life. Hence the golden rule. Like, yeah. that's I mean, I ultimately, do. that's how well, that's a, the value that you're supposed to bring, right? You're not supposed to be just opening a door mm -hmm. and and finding someone a house, so to speak. You're supposed to be, you know, representing their their interests, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, longer term, you guys have set up your your firm here. You guys are rolling pretty well. You've got your team. What do, what does that look like in the next five, ten years? Kids get older. What what is your longer term plans? Great question. I really love coaching. I love teaching people. I love the opportunity to help. Like that's why I love first time time home buyers because I get to set them on the right path from the get go. Mm. Um, and I think if there's a way somehow where I can still coach and maybe teach classes, like I talked about um, building your tribe. Um, I'm trying to teach a class with CRS about that where it's like, hey, you can have referrals across the nation of building your real estate tribe <clears throat> and building that team, if you will, so then you could ha maybe create passive income. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people. Carrie Hartnett actually is one of the major people that's with Women's Council who does probably half her business, if not more, on um, referrals across the country. Wow, okay. um, It's incredible. And um, and that's really what she's done, is just really built her real estate tribe. Mm. Um, so that's what I would like to do long-term, I think, is, is teach, continue to coach um, new agents, and just um, really work with the first, I really like the first-time home buyers. I know that's like a lot of work. It's probably your psychology background. Probably, you <laughs> yeah. know? And, and also, I really want to create, hopefully, generational wealth and help people, like, build their nest egg for the future. I think it's unfortunate that people are not looking long-term, including myself. I mean, if I really had somebody that said, Lindsay, you have got to figure out to keep this house. Like, how can you keep this house? Like, this house is $230,000. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball. But, yeah. like, that house now today is worth six twenty. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, ah. And then we're going to have this conversation in 15 years, and that same exact house right. is probably going to be over a Yeah, if someone would have showed you to get a home equity on a credit or whatever and use that as a damn right. for the next house, then... Who knows? Maybe you would have done it. Maybe not. A lot of people I show to do that are like, right. screw that. I don't want to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> Right. I think it's just, it's really trying to help people understand that, yes, you can do this. You can, you know, rent out this house and you can still live in this new house and you can make it happen. You might have some small sacrifices. Yeah. Maybe you can't go to 10 concerts. Right. Maybe yeah, you go to five concerts You might have a year. to lose a few hundred dollars in your budget. Maybe yeah. no Starbucks every day. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe no white claws. Definitely, I mean, I definitely no avocado toast. <laughs> that already, to me, it blows my mind that that would cost $8. I'm sorry. Like, $8? It's 15 now. Oh, yeah, like it's on. just some avocado on a toast. I'm sorry. Well, I know there's a lot the, of avocados. Lovers, well, you know? Avocados are a dollar each, so, right. I mean. Maybe we start, like, doing avocado, like, stuff at open houses and stuff, and then we could just, oh, you know, yeah. serve we'll it. Oh, yeah, we get all the millennials. Oh, well, not the millennials. The millennials, but, or no. Gen Z? I don't know who eats avocado toast anymore. I think it's. I had it for breakfast. Oh. So. Well, you did it at home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also made the bread, so. Right. $15 avocado dust for, awesome. for 50 cents. Woohoo! Love that. <laughs> um, okay, so it, for first-time home buyers, you work with a lot of them. What would what are some things that you would suggest if you're thinking about buying a home with the longer mindset of eventually, you know, creating a small real estate <clears throat> portfolio, maybe one, two, three homes type thing? Um, I think, like... Are you talking about just how I 
get them ready to go or like yeah like if if someone's came to you and was like hey Lindsay, i want to buy i want to buy a home here's my longer term plan like what gotcha you know you know i'm not really sure i let's say they have a fairly flexible budget yeah. but yeah um yeah what what are some things that you recommend well i think first and foremost it's kind of really you know there's what you're approved for for one and yep. what you're comfortable with and yep. i think that right there already is a complete like not epic fail on the world of consumers, but I think people are like, oh, well, I'm pre-approved for 800,000 and I'm gonna buy 800,000, <clears> but really like, they don't realize, oh, but that means I'm eating top ramen. You're not eating anything. Right, actually, you, you might need to pick up like four jobs to yeah. like really supplement that. So I think I really hit home, like I wanna know what you're comfortable with mm, and I yes. ask them those questions. So yes, you may be pre-approved for this amount, but what are you truly comfortable with? And then it's just asking like a plethora of questions. And I mean like, it's like a therapist. I really consider myself in the first time homebuyer situation is just literally drilling it down. Because I think sometimes too, people don't actually know what they want either. Yeah. And so you kind of have to like figure it out or they think they know what they want. But really, you end up, they end up circling back to like, oh, shoot, that's really what I wanted. Like, yeah. I wanted to live, you know, in Southeast. Oh, well, actually, all the amenities and everything I really wanted, and my family's in Beaverton, nah, I really want Beaverton. Mm, yeah. And so I'm asking all these questions and sitting down with them. And frankly, um, I want them to ask me questions. Like, that's my job. And so I think if you're an agent and you get annoyed with that, that's a problem because this isn't a latte or a mocha, folks. Like, this is a big deal. Like, you can't just return a latte. I mean, you could return a latte and be like, yeah, you got me a mocha instead of a latte. Like, you can't really return a house. Like, you're in it. Like, I mean, you can yeah. try and turn around and sell it, but it's going to be, you're going to have commissions you, and, yeah. you know, cost of doing business and all the things and blah. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's not something I take lightly. I know it's not my money but it's still like part of who I am and it's my integrity. So I really try and make sure that people understand like this is a big deal and like, do you really like this house? Um, the other thing I wanna hit home about is when they're looking at a house, I like to look, I am not a home inspector, I've been doing this a long time, but I like to look at the integrity of the house. Yeah. And so I'm constantly like, okay, how's the roof? You know, yeah, how's the, the siding? Things. Big ticketed yeah. items. Again, I always say the disclaimer. <clears throat> not a home inspector been doing it a long time but here's what i'm feeling or here's what i'm seeing like the the, the floors are a little uneven i just want them to understand financially what they could be potentially getting into yeah because i don't want them doing a bunch of home inspections that cost four to six hundred dollars like that's to me that's a lot of money okay that's like a car payment mm -hmm. so i'm taking that seriously like when we're having the consultations together yeah, no, yeah. totally. Like I said, I, I totally agree with like the whole point about getting the pre-approval and you know, even that number, like I've had a lot of clients tell me, I'm pre-approved to this. I was like, okay, well I can remember my pre-approval and I remember my lender when I was a software engineer told me I could be approved up to a million dollars. Yes. And I was like, okay, well what are my payments? And oh. he was like, oh, it's like 6,500 bucks. And I was like, that's my entire monthly salary. <laughs> You're like, I'm out. How do I eat? How do I drive? How do I do this? So like that pre-approval number, Yes, you know, it's great you're approved for, you know, a great number or whatever, and this is when interest rates were low, but it's like, you gotta really think about the rest of your budget, you know, so. And I was naive back then, I wasn't a realtor. I literally was just like, I can't afford this, dude, you know? Yeah. So I went significantly lower, and you know, it ended up working out. And so I take that experience with me, you know, like I said, I, I think we all go through our 
past experience to help our clients. Like you said, you're a short sell expert because you short you short sold your house. So for me, I'm like I'm the pre-approval expert because I'm pre-approved to this, can't fucking afford it. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. mind my language. So you know, <laughs> it's the white claw. It's the white claw. Yeah. <laughs> so no, appreciate that. And is do you have any other thoughts on like? you know, buying your first home, if you're, if you're going to convert it to a rental, is there something else that you're looking for? Well, I mean, again, we have those conversations of, is it, you know, is it a short term? Are you here for a short term? Do you plan long term? I mean, nobody has the crystal ball, right? Right. Like, again, it's, it, I think it's just going back to, it sounds stupid, but like playing Monopoly, right? Mm. And like, how are we going to build your nest egg? Mm. You know, how, are you thinking long term, thirty years down the road? <clears throat> um, I, some people don't even know what they're going to do tomorrow. But yep. yeah. but realistically, like those questions are important. And I'm probably the worst realtor in the sense that, like, I have told all my past clients, like, I really want them, because especially if they bought in the last, you know, four three, you know, whatever years, last five, six years even, they have all this equity, right? And I don't want, like, they could rent it out, pay, like, it's going to be less than their mortgage of what they owe on the house, and then buy a new house. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, just hold on to it. Like, don't do it. And that, you know, like, again, I say worse realtor, because, like, I obviously am like, I would love to sell the house, but in good faith, I've got to, like, give them that option because like that's amazing they could literally keep that build their nest egg rent it out go get a new house and kind of do the same thing over and over again yeah so um and i feel like that's my fiduciary duty to be a good realtor and and give them that opportunity yeah and now you have two properties building equity absolutely you know and potentially cash flowing one of them at least absolutely yeah yeah isn't that what you do yeah, oh, of yeah. course I've done. That. Yeah, like a bunch of times. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, like I said, I'm lucky. Like you know, like I was an investor first, and so when I got into being an agent, I decided I'm gonna be a full fiduciary. Yeah. And if this is the best decision for my clients, I'm yeah. gonna go that direction, even if it makes me less money. Like I've talked my clients out of houses that they wanted to buy, and you know, because I was like, we're gonna find something better. You know, like this wall, this house is full of plaster and full of all mm-hmm. this other stuff that you don't want to deal with. It's a 1940s home. Right. It might have mm. galvanized plumbing, all this stuff. And they love the home. And I was like, look, there's a reason why it's been sitting on the market for so long. Let's see if we can find something better. Right. And, you know, I'm willing to be patient with my clients. And, you know, when you do that, like I said, you're building lifelong fans of your business. Absolutely. And yep. I saved them $100,000 for a house that was much nicer right. in a better neighborhood. Yeah. Like you said, sometimes pricing is all over the place in terms right. of real estate. Right. And, you know, I mean, we can't steer clients legally. And, and that's absolutely true. And, yeah. and, and I follow all of the code of ethics and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I, but I appreciate what you're saying is, like, it's having them understand, like, do you realize it's galvanized plumbing? Or do you understand, like, these potential, potential expenses? Yeah. Like, that's my job. That is why you hire me. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Granted, you're, the seller is paying my commission, but that is why you have a buyer's agent. A buyer's agent is so important. I think um, now more than ever, we need to stress that um, to our consumers because that is why we're here. We are here to advise them and help them understand like the process because I think it's like 168 different activities from beginning to end. And it's probably more than that, and I'm underestimating. But all the different things that are involved when you purchase a home from the beginning to the end. Mm. It's just so much. There's a lot, yeah. Ten. Happens fast too. Right? Oh yeah. 
30, within the 30 days. Yeah, 30, yeah. 40 days, just mm -hmm. kind of depends, so. Yeah. Yeah, That was good. No, Anything was else? Great. Yeah, no, I mean, well, if people are looking to get a hold of you, you know, to, you know, if they it, want to join your team. They want to join your team. If they want to, to buy a house from you, how, how, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Well, I would love them to follow me on Instagram. Um, my handle is, I don't even know if handle's the proper terminology. The handle, but my daughter, my daughter said that's nerdy. So I don't know if I'm supposed what, to say What is the young people, I don't, <laughs> what do the young I, people call it? They just say, follow me. Okay, so follow me at Portland, Oregon Homes. And that's on Instagram. And then I think... Facebook is like at Culver Home Team, this little at symbol, whatever, the handle. Okay, see, this is where I'm aging myself right now. It's great, How though. is handle the wrong term? I don't know. I got made fun of, like, the other day Follow me on this. I was like, is that follow. TikTok? Is this Facebook? Is this whatever? Is this on Twitter? Yeah. You know, like, I've got a couple different handles, but yeah. needless to say, or you guys, um, you, you'll get all my information there. I'd love yeah. the opportunity to just chat with you and talk about real estate or joining my team or even if you're interested in real estate, you know, like... I just love meeting with people and talking about real estate and how I can help them literally have a job where there's no ceiling. Mm. They can make yeah. unlimited income. Like, that's incredible. There's not very many jobs in this world that you have unlimited mm. income potential. No, I totally agree. That's why I switched from right? a high-paying job to do this. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This thanks, Lindsay. Fantastic. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Realized Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.